and you are listening to the Yoel Omowale podcast. So today I'm going to have a conversation with someone I met in the Facebook streets, as I like to call them. I, um, I've got my brother, Nick Dawes, who is the creator and founder of realqueers.com. I'm excited because Nick is going to talk to us a little bit about his journey going to kind of understand the background, going to understand the hills and valleys, understand what he's passionate about, what he's repping. And um, and I really kind of hope that the conversation will be enlightening for those who maybe are not familiar with stories like this, because as I was kind of saying to, to Nick in the background before we kind of jumped on this uh, interview, I just said, you know, I'm tired of the way we talk in social media, where it's like, it's like, you know, talking points and we spit that at each other and we don't really understand like who people are where they're coming from so i'm just hoping that this is going to be uh, an opportunity to really understand so nick welcome to my podcast thank you so much for having me bro <laughs> yeah. i have to just say you know um tell us a little bit about you know your background. So where, where are you from, your upbringing, um, and, you know, just to kind of set the scene. Okay, um, so setting the scene, mm. uh, middle child of a Pentecostal pastor. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where to really go from there. I feel like that's yeah. the ultimate backdrop, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, so you're, yeah. as you said, middle child, that's already interesting to me because, you know, there's always um, an interesting dynamic because like a middle child is like, it's kind of halfway through, um, the kind of older child is a certain generation. And then the, the, the youngest children are like, uh, they have, kind of have a different mindset. And sometimes like you've got this um, middle, middle child syndrome room where they kind of never yeah. quite feel like they um quite you know quite fit in i don't know if you um you know that, that's that's already interesting yeah. to me i feel like with the first child that anyone has like they dote on that child do you know what i mean that child can do no wrong we're so excited for this new baby um mm. the second one um i think obviously there's still that love there um when you're born the same gender as the first one um mm. it's probably a little bit disappointing because mm. <laughs> most people want a boy and a girl do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um and then i think when the, the, the child comes after that mm-hmm. it's like the mistakes that they've made with the first few mm-hmm. they they've learned that they've learned to be more lenient they don't need to be as harsh about things and then the younger one tends to get away with so much more than mm-hmm. the older ones do you know what i mean so mm. yeah being being caught in the middle hasn't always been um, okay <laughs> so so tell us then a little bit about your journey in terms of figuring out like who 
you are today because i imagine there's been some transformation which you're going to be able to you know to enlighten us on so you brought up in this you know it's as you said a middle child in this pentecostal yeah. home uh you yeah. know what were some of the feelings that you started to have as you kind of started to wrestle with like you know who you were um i i think probably around 19 mm. um was when i really started to question my um attractions okay um i know that that's late for mm. most people but mm -hmm. i think that there's also um we live intersectional lives we don't yeah. exist within a realm of um i don't know heterosexuality or homosexuality mm -hmm. and and that's it like our race will play a part of it yeah. our financial status will play a part of it etc mm -hmm. um and for me mm -hmm. um something that i have discovered recently is mm -hmm. that i don't actually have um sexual attractions i'm attracted to people but they're not sexual in their nature mm -hmm. so um it took me a longer time to work out the difference between how i felt about um, men and how i felt about women in terms of establishing a relationship do you know what i mean because wow. my romantic relationships and my platonic relationships are very close in um like the way they look from the outside because mm -hmm. yeah so um i mean i even have to ask like my partner now and be like how is this any different from your relationship with any of your friends are you sure that this is comfortable for you this is something that you want to do long term do you know what i mean right um, but i think that understanding that has helped me to understand why it took me so long to even acknowledge um that my attractions weren't of a biblical prescription uh, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so around that age I, I started to be a little bit confused um it was unfortunate timing because um my mum was the person that I would talk to about anything and everything mm. um and I knew like with every every fiber of my being if I said to my mum don't tell my dad she wouldn't tell him you know okay. what I mean yeah. so um there were things that I could discuss that mm. were of a delicate nature where I knew it would go no further than just me and her. And mm. um, she passed away when I was 16. So oh. um, I'd spent like a, a, a period of time trying to become accustomed to not having my mother in the home amongst other shifts that happened yeah. within my family. Um, and then having these kind of confusing feelings, not yeah. knowing why I want to spend more time with this particular female versus like it was just it was it was a lot um mm -hmm. it, and it still is i think that when you ask the question um who am i today yeah. um, i can only speak of today the day we're recording tomorrow i might have a different understanding of who i am once i've yeah. you know come across new information and, and garnered new understanding about myself so okay no this is really helpful so because i realized that i'll know more about your story than mm. than significant amount of people um who might be listening to this, um, oh, you, this you want podcast. me to say the words right <laughs> well no because you see for me <laughs> i just what i would love for you to be able to to explain um because i think i'll be honest mm. uh, my understanding about gender dysphoria gender um identity and even and even understanding the spectrum of what sexuality can can be like i mean this has been something that has been a, a relatively a late thing for me you know my background yeah. even as a physician it wasn't something that we were taught a lot about 
in in medical school and so you know there is so much more that we're understanding from a scientific mm. and, a, and a medical and a psychological but i think that it's so important to be able to have conversations with people to be able to you know sort of almost extract from their lived experience the variety yeah. and the diversity of ways you use a very important word intersectionality which is important that some people might not even have a clue what that word means actually because i think it's yeah. so important that we educate people listening um you know to understand I mean, do you mind even just explaining the, that word just because i think that could be helpful for some people if you like off the top of your head if you know i mean what intersectionality means yeah, um, I, I think all right, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, tr I'll try and cover some of the things that you're you're gently hinting towards. Um, yeah. So I was I was assigned female at birth. Okay. Um, I am a black individual. Uh, my mm -hmm. parents are from the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah, well, we're not rich um, mm -hmm. in in financial wealth either. Um, so all of those factors contribute towards um, my lived experience. Yeah. So um, I can speak as somebody um, from the LGBT community, but my experience mm -hmm. will be different when you attach onto it the fact that I am also a black person um, and also the fact that I don't have the pink pound um, that everybody seems to think that gay people have. Do you know what I mean? Right, um, right. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's those things. It's like being able to acknowledge the differences that take place within one sector of community, even yeah. though there is a uniting factor, there are still so many that makes that a different experience. Mm. Oh, that's really helpful, honestly. And I, I like, I really want to stress part of my agenda i love that word now it's such a controversial <laughs> word part of my agenda for for bringing you on really is to, is to is to express that there is nuance and you can't yeah. even begin to engage and understand um lgbt issues without firmly being committed to to look at the layers the nuances and how intersectionality is is so crucial and fundamental to the conversation yeah. so okay so that's really helpful so you've mentioned then you were assigned uh females so some people then are, are gonna want to kind of understand or i i've been calling you bruv you know mm. your pronouns are, are are different from that so talk to us through then when your journey uh, as in discovering um, that you mentioned already the issues around attraction because sometimes that's another yeah. thing some people conflate sexuality with with gender and there are yeah. some connections but you started to to tell us about when you started to feel uncomfortable in your own quote-unquote skin or in your own sex assigned sex at birth and what that was like for you um, figuring out what that meant um okay so I had a I had a conversation with a television producer once. They were creating a show that explored um, gender, and they mm -hmm. asked me when did I start to feel uncomfortable with my body, and my answer was um, <laughs> I never did. It just wasn't the one I wanted, um, oh. which wasn't the one that the answer that they wanted. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was my truth. Like I I yeah. don't. I mean I appreciate um, and I am grateful for the flesh vessel that I have been placed in because mm -hmm. there are other flesh vessels that are um, assigned female mm -hmm. that are a lot more 
feminine than the one I've been given. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So um, I am grateful for that. Um, mm -hmm. But I also um, acknowledge that part of that experience in not having um, a particularly feminine presenting body is the fact mm -hmm. that um, I have elevated hormones um within my body and when you say hormones people automatically think testosterone testosterone or mm -hmm. estrogen um and we did some tests through the endocrinologist because i started to ask questions um because as much as i felt how i felt um in terms of not identifying with the societal role that had been placed on me and i'd like to like highlight that it's exacerbated within the church because mm -hmm. um women are expected to wear certain things and behave a certain way and can only perform certain roles etc mm -hmm. um i didn't understand why these couple of physical differences in my body meant that i couldn't do the things that my brothers were doing mm -hmm. um so yeah i think it, it's always been something where i've, I've never really understood why there were limits on me because of what my body was. Do you right. understand? But it wasn't yeah. that I I hated my body. I'm grateful for the fact that I don't have, or I wasn't born with large breasts or whatever. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I am so grateful because I don't know where my mental health would be at if right. I was navigating society yeah. as somebody who identifies as trans non-binary and people are looking at my physical flesh and determining that I am a female and therefore using pronouns that are hurtful. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's an important um, point you raised there, which actually I feel in effect challenges me because perhaps part of what I think we should encourage folks to do in this kind of conversation is seek to clarify even at the start Mm. what a person how a person identifies gender wise because you just made a point there that you do technically identify non-binary yeah. um even though when i've interacted with you on social media your presentation came across to me as as masculine so i remember we had a conversation yeah. about this and i was calling you brother bro because typically mm. for me i come from a jamaican background you know, we we have this, you know, I guess, sort of cultural assumption that if, you know, yeah, you, you talk to guys and you say, hey, bro, what's up, you know, and, and it's that, that, that sort of language. And I remember, yeah. I assumed that and I was relating to you in that way, talking to you in that way. And I remember when you you did identify or did, you know, say to me, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm non-binary. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, did I, you know, what, what were your pr preferred pronouns? And you actually then mm. said to me, actually, it was fine. It felt affirming for me to yeah. say, bro, to you because yeah. for so long, that you know people just almost didn't really they would just refuse talk about a bit about yeah. what that has been kind of like especially in the kind of black community the church community towards your towards your your gender identity uh, especially when you made that decision to to not identify as your science sex like how people responded yeah. to that and how you felt about those responses um <laughs> i <laughs> i think that the people around me um should know me well enough that they can come and ask me anything yeah. um, my issue is that people don't they don't have the confidence um, yeah. or whatever to just approach you and, and ask the questions that are 
so heavily weighing on their mind. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm like, if you're having private conversations, dude, like it must be an issue. Right. But um, so any any gripes or, or or hang-ups that people have had, I I haven't heard mm-hmm. directly. Um, it's just you know um, Chinese whispers, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that me accepting myself mm-hmm. um, and actually saying the words trans, I think that I had um, identified with a lot of the experiences that trans people um, have gone through and lived through for a very very long time. But I mm. was very resistant in using the word transgender to describe myself because okay. I was aware of the implications that would have within church circles, me being mm. a pastor's child and, and how rebellious in um, inverted commas I'm being because, well, first it was um, they're, they're a lesbian and now they're saying they're a man. What kind of spiritual delusion are they under? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I didn't want to, I don't want to start that conversation. Um, no. But no. I, I was in a position where I was working for um, a pride organization um, and I had an experience in Johannesburg where I met a transgender woman and um, how openly she spoke about her truth and her journey and mm. like I, it made me realize that there's so much more um, of my experience that I had denied in mm-hmm. um, just out of respect for what my father's trying to build to be honest do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I don't want to be the the demon that's destroying his church because I I appreciate mm. we're all um, angels and demons in each other's lives. Do you understand me? Yeah. Um, so I don't want to be that thing that is um, a hindrance to his ministry because it's what he believes and if that's what makes him happy, I would like him to be happy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I need to um, acknowledge that as an individual, I have a life to live for myself. Um, yeah. I needed to say those words in order to get the um, emotional and mental support that I needed um, to help me to understand and navigate life um, within this space. Uh, Because, I mean, we tell lies to ourselves all the time. um, Yeah. All the time about who we are, about how we feel, because of what we think other people are going to say about it. Um, And I am definitely coming to a point in my life where it's like, it doesn't matter anymore like my happiness has to take priority over everyone else's because Mm. at the end of the day when everyone else is off doing their thing creating their lives building their families building their business you're Mm. sitting in your corner worried about what they're thinking about you unhappy please Mm. unpack that go live your life do you understand me Mm. so um yeah that's that's just where i'm at now so i said the words um the rumors started I put out a YouTube video to clarify whether or not I was taking testosterone. I realised I didn't finish that story. I told you my attention span is short. No, um, it's all right. Listen, yeah. just, just just flow, just flow. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so the the hormones that carry testosterone around my body are elevated. So the mm. regular levels are slightly elevated, but it's not remarkable. Um, those levels of testosterone are being carried around my body a lot faster because mm. of these pre-hormones i can't remember what they're actually called this mm. you know um medical jargon i might have to get you to read the letter and translate for me bro right. but um yeah but like that's that's basically what my situation is so it means mm. that um my physical um body without um beautician intervention um looks more masculine than yeah 
the the average um quote unquote female um mm. like i remember when i went to the endocrinologist they asked me outright like are you taking um no they asked me if i work out i said no they asked me if i was taking steroids i said no the reason they're asking these questions is because like my um physique is muscular pretty muscular without doing anything do you know what i mean so they can't understand why it's it's happening like this if i'm not working out every day or whatever but like i said brother i'm grateful do you know what i mean like it's mm. it's um because it makes it easier for me to exist as me um in society's eyes i mean i i hate the fact that like i'm like if i put on weight or if i make the decision to carry a child for example that all of a sudden how society treats me is going to shift because that was the biggest thing for me because i didn't always look like this do you know what i mean like mm. look at pictures of me as a child you would look at me and be like that's a little girl um partly because my parents had me in dresses all the time but like <laughs> like now um i think it started shifting when I, i'd go into the toilets bruv like freely walk into the ladies toilets and then people start freaking out like this is the ladies i'm like bruv like i am and then i'm seeing more and more people address me as sir and mate and bruv and then i'm seeing like one of the biggest indicators for me which was random as hell for this to be a indicator but it was realizing how many people were letting the door shut in my face when i was trying to walk into a shop or something wow you understand like chivalry went out the window bro i was like hang on a second why is this happening like why are people yeah. suddenly being rude and i realized they're not being rude they just see me as a guy walking towards mm. the door who can hold his own damn door open the door yourself bro do you understand mm, me mm, mm. so like those little shifts bruv, made me like have to assess how i now navigate in order to keep the um women in the women's spaces safe but also how do i keep myself safe in a male space you said the same? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is this is so um informative for me and I'm I'm already finding myself um just yeah, mesmerized and and uh, but more importantly, um sensitized to the specifics of what it's what it takes for you and your body to to navigate a world where there's so many rigid like social assumptions and presumptions about what you should be like what kind of behavior should be um you know exhibited towards you because of people's assumptions about your yeah. gender height performance yeah. one of the things i feel like I, I i just feel i want to touch on a bit more is um especially in the afro-caribbean community uh, and you mentioned this kind of um, your Pentecostal upbringing and the, the the sort of the pressures of feeling like who you are, your your um, the extent to which you can live confidently in your truth, uh, mm. and you know and accept even calling yourself um, transgender or whatever. It's like so much of that um, you know was contingent or hinged upon like the impact you felt it might have had on the mm. image you know of being um ac acceptable or respectable as coming being a part of pk a pastor's kid and yeah. i just you know that that kind of pressure is um i can't be can't be understated what i'm now yeah. thinking just getting to the point of my question really is that from a spiritual point of view from a religious point of view what has been this whole journey's impact on what you feel like you believe your personal faith your personal spirituality just talk us through a little bit of that um 
I would, I, I think that most people would label me um, a conspiracy theorist at this point. Okay. Um, because, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll wear it proudly for this yeah. reason. Yeah. Like, what I was raised to believe in the church, I believed wholeheartedly, fam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there was a friend of mine I met in a music college, I think I was about 19 at the time, and everyone mm. in the college knew that this um, girl had a girlfriend. I was mm. the only person in the college who didn't know because they said, don't tell Nick, Nick won't be my friend. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and bruv, it's, it's, it was real. Like when I heard wow. this back, it was very, very, very real. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, mm. dude, you've been hanging with this person for how long? Like, mm. and, and that would have shifted how you treat them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's just an example of how wholeheartedly I believe what the church taught me. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, now I've, I think that, like, if I could believe that and know that I was living um, to a standard that I was taught that the people who were teaching me weren't living to. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like, mm-hmm. I had a, a memory the other day, because um, I always said the first time I came out was to my dad, and I, I remembered, brother, it wasn't. Because um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, um, mm. speaks about confessing your sins one to another and you can um, pray about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I remember saying it to somebody because I felt like this was the right thing to do. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, in mm-hmm. order for me to get rid of this demon, this spirit that I'm carrying, I need to talk to somebody in the church and get some some prayer and guidance. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I have never been so rejected in my life. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And, I, and it started like one by one and the more people knew, the more I could feel it. And it wasn't like people were outwardly saying, please stay away from me, whatever. But you know, when you feel energies, mm-hmm. like it's like, this isn't safe anymore. You don't feel mm-hmm. safe anymore. Um, yeah. So my understanding now is, is about community and, and yeah. mutual beliefs and, and people connect over those things or, mm-hmm. or not. But Fundamentally, I'm like, if you are a good person mm-hmm. um, and what you're doing doesn't harm another mm-hmm. um, and and I have no issue with you. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. care if you believe in aliens. I don't care <laughs> if you believe in mermaids. I don't care if it's Buddha, Allah, Krishna. I don't mm-hmm. care. If you're a good person, fam, we can be family, yeah. we can vibrate. That's where I'm at. Wow. That's Man. where I'm at. Yeah. Because we've all just applied geographical perspective to what we understand the powers of the universe to be. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over yeah. time, like there's been a wise man that's landed somewhere and yeah. they're speaking passionately about what they believe the world and the universe should be. And yeah. then we started following them and like, oh yeah, this guy says we should live like this. And then a handful of people go off and that becomes a religion. Jesus mm-hmm. did the same thing. And yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away from who Jesus was, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or the stories that have come from his life, but I'm like, I think you posted something about whether or not Jesus was a Christian. Bruv, it blew me away. No, mm. he wasn't. He was just yeah. a man chatting yeah. about how he felt that we should be living our lives. And yeah. we, in our ignorance, clung mm-hmm. to this, made it a, a, a deity, and, and now we're living these lives where we're, we're justifying, admonishing and dismissing people from society. It's, it's, mm. it's a madness to me. Bruv, oh. I wish I'd asked if I, if I had permission to swear from before because I would have cursed just then. But, like, <laughs> bruv, it's a madness to me. Yeah. I don't want to live like that. Like, yeah. that's not how the world is supposed to be, bruv. It's Whoa. not. Oh, I mean, I, I'm... 
I'm stunned in a in a positive way. I I, I love the the passion. I love the um the fact that <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a bit speechless, but I'm I'm gonna get to the to the point because I'm just putting my words together. But what what yeah. I what I think when I'm just hearing you say this, it's it's like when you come from a background like yourself and I relate so much because mm. you come from a background where you're church you believe what you've been taught to believe but unfortunately what sometimes is wrapped in that belief is a, a significant amount of of harmful um I, 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 the best way of articulating it is like it, it, there are social ideas um about you know about gender about sexuality that are intertwined with within these belief systems that can then lead you to not be have the 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 scope or even just the the range to be able to understand the the, the complex complexities of one's own humanity and the humanity around yeah. us and then that leads us to to coil in and to have self-defeating um and, and really horrible beliefs about ourselves and other people yeah. and as you said yeah. reject people's humanity because they don't play into or a very narrow view of what we think is acceptable normal and that's the part of it and it's so destructive but you don't see it and then as you said you've got friends around you that feel like okay this is who i am and i think that the person who I'm, I'm the most scared to tell is this person because they come from this background where they have yeah. these these religious beliefs that harbor these um these animosities towards people mm. who are a bit different and i think that's where when you then come to a place you and you 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 free yourself from uh, from even the lies you believed about yourself that you're less than or sinful because of your uh, you know your gender dysphoria or whatever or just sense of disconnect from your assigned sex or you have a sexuality that's different you rid yourself of that and then you, you it, it opens up your mind and your spirituality to be more embracing of people who believe differently where you're like before yeah. you're like if you you don't believe what i believe you're going to hell it's like yeah. you freed yourself from from thinking that you're hell-born or just sinful or unworthy mm. just because of your gender or your sexuality now yeah. you freed yourself from the idea that spiritual people from that tradition aren't accepted um by yeah. god and yeah. help out so i think that that's that i'm just connecting the dot between mm. your dots between your liberation as it relates to your sexuality and your gender and your liberation as it relates to your even your spirituality and your expansive yeah. view of spirituality and i think that that's just an important connection there mm. what I, what, I mean even sorry but even like um the church and and the neglect of um, mind, body, and spirit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Appreciating yeah. that we are having a human experience, and there are things as humans that we need to talk about and how to deal with them on a spiritual level. Yeah. Um, and I think that even, I mean, knowing now that I um, have very little sexual attraction, like some yeah. would say asexual, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like knowing that about myself now, and hearing some of the teachings with regards to sex in the church. My mm -hmm. understanding of it as somebody who was um, socialized as a female was that my role within a relationship with a man was to lay there and take it whenever they were ready because mm -hmm. I am there to serve. Dude, we need to have conversations about the, the intersections of a human being. We can't mm -hmm. continue to have these religious establishments where we're only talking about what happens after we die. We've got to live. 
first. Ooh. You understand? Okay, come on. Come on. Sorry, bruv. I just see this. The, I, I love the it. Just kidding me coming out, fam. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we've actually got to live a life first. Most of yeah. like, most humans live to what, 75? Can we yeah. talk, start talking about that 75 years that we've got to exist with people of different beliefs, people mm -hmm. and, and or financial struggles? Why don't we talk about that? Why don't yeah. we talk about the fact that some people may not like sex, some people may like this in the bedroom, but so long as, but bruv, the cloak and dagger behind what happens in people's bedrooms, mm. I think is causing a lot of trauma in church because that's where most people's trauma comes from, bruv, sexual contact. You understand? When you really, really deep it, bruv, most people's trauma comes from some form of unwanted sexual contact. Why is the church not talking about this? Instead, you want to be talking about demons? Please, I can't, I can't. It's not, it's not wholesome, fam. It's Listen. not wholesome. <laughs> you are literally preaching and I, I will just say trigger warning to those and it's come a bit Sorry. late if any, no 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 but here's the thing here's the thing we, we said we were going to be real and, and mm. this is this is the real this is the conversation that you can't have in, in yeah. most churches we can't yeah. talk about you know some of the patriarchal obsessions over the woman's uh, body as you said and how yeah. so much um, trauma is attached to that and so many uh, I mean let's not even go to churches and and, and, and and again we're not just singling out churches here we we know that this is not limited yeah, to churches but exactly you know i mean where even this idea that women who aren't heterosexual have been essentially strongly encouraged or or forced to to marry mm. someone of the opposite sex in the hope that yeah. that you know sexual activity will either cure them of their uh their queerness um or you know or, or somehow they still need to essentially but fulfill do you want to know that. do you want to know the realist like this, this is an exclusive dude. Um, yeah. So I was struggling for a long time um, with the fact that I was attracted to women as, uh, you know, someone who's assigned female at birth. And um, mm. every now and again, I'd go back to like someone uh, or a couple people close to in church because I'll talk. Do you know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. mind. Like whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And they kept encouraging me and saying like, you know, how do you know if you've never slept with a man? How do you know if da 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 da? Bruv, in order to get acceptance from church, thinking that if I went along with this and I could say to them, I still feel the same, they would accept me. Bruv, at the age of 27, I laid down with a man for the first time, you know? Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, there is trauma connected to the way they deal with this stuff, fam. All right. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, that's... No, 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 it's yeah. cool. It's cool, because, like, I had to go through it. Do you see what I'm mm. saying? Because I feel like all of the questions as to whether or not I really, really knew myself, knowing yeah. that who I have accepted myself to be is so far removed from mm. who I was taught and told I was supposed to be. Like, yeah. it's answered that question for me. Like, yeah. like harshly, but the question's mm. been answered. I don't want to do that. You see oh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, that's not who I am. Yeah. But the way in which we deal with people who are struggling and the things that we encourage them to do, Bruv, it's like there's there's a serious lack of consideration yeah. for people's mental health when yeah. it comes to but you need to do this for your spirit. I don't know if you saw it. There was an exchange on Facebook with a pastor, and I'm not going to call their name, but okay. um, we were trying to discuss. Um, they were talking about how much the church loves the LGBT community, but the LGBT community keep burning effigies of Jesus and whatever. I'm like, dude, you are really, really neglecting the trauma connected to hearing the hurtful things you lot say in churches and on pulpits every mm -hmm. week and how much strength it took for that person to accept themselves so they can they have to 
burn that image of Jesus because that image of Jesus was causing them to crucify themselves. Do you understand? Like, you, you can't, we can't neglect the mental health trauma that mm. is generated from people not having the, the ability or the desire to live by the rule book that the mm. church provides. Like, mm. it's, yeah, fam, I, I wish I wish I didn't go here, to be no. honest, because I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm tearing down what anybody's trying to do. Like I said, feel yeah. free to believe what it is that you want to believe. Yeah. My issue is with the hurts. Yeah. that yeah. these beliefs cause people and yeah. the lack of accountability that yeah. the church take up when someone's saying, you lot hurt me. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Like, yeah. even yeah. down to my father, I've said, like, Dad, I really want a relationship with you, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like we can do it without counselling because there are hurts yeah. that I know that you're unable to hear. Yeah. Sorry, bro. No, no. It's, that I you're mean, unable to hear because mm-hmm. of this establishment do you know what i mean yeah. i i strongly believe that everyone who is in a position of leadership um mm. is influenced by the the pedestal that they are placed on and over time fam mm. like the voice of god becomes quieter and quieter because you've got to appease the people do mm. you know what i mean mm. i was a praying person fam and mm. i asked god i was like lord why why have i been given this. Why am I mm-hmm. the queer kid? Why me? Because I've done everything mm-hmm. according to how I've been taught. And mm-hmm. the answer I received, bruv, was because you're the only one who's prepared to talk about it, Nick. Mm-hmm. Do you understand me? So for everyone who doesn't want to be friendly, who doesn't want to understand, fam, like, the only reason I speak is because there's someone in a church somewhere mm-hmm. that is caught up, fam, and can't free mm. themselves from the dogma and the things that people are saying to them yeah. and they are destroying themselves on the inside bro because i hated myself that mm. dude i fight suicidal thoughts all the time because i don't know how far from the line i've wandered do you see what i'm saying yeah like i'm still trying to undo those informative years of training yeah. like the sunday after my mum died bro i was the only one for my family to go to church because i had made a commitment to serve. Yeah. Bruv, I'm going to make that same commitment to queer kids around the world. That's what real queers is for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. Ah, I'm kind of disappointed with myself that I got emotional like this. You know? But well, this is my heart. Do you understand yeah. me? Yeah. Like, real queers for me is the safe space that I didn't get when I needed someone yeah. to say like, yo, please tell me I'm all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Please yeah. tell me I'm not the only one. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that there were queer people in church before me, bruv. Mm -hmm. I know there have been queer people in church since me, fam. The only difference is I said it out loud and they could justify the way that they treat me. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. But when the music needs covering, bruv, we all know it. It happens in every church. When the music needs covering, Mm -hmm. bruv, the fruity choir director, they're all right with, you know? (laughs) Because we need someone to direct the choir. Wow. That that organist that is a little bit in my trousers tight, but bruv, they'll let him play because we need someone right. to direct the music. Bam, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The lies that we live in. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's the lies that we continue to tell ourselves to justify yeah. what it is that we're doing, and yeah. and it's not. I don't believe that's of God. Yeah, that's not yeah. of God. That's that's flesh. 
Yeah. I want to say this. Because if it takes someone to open their mouth, whoa, sorry, 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 sorry. If it takes someone to open their mouth and say it, where's the spirit of discernment, please? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just really speechless. I'm overwhelmed. I've been emotional too. I just, I, I had to just be quiet because the tears were flowing because you tapped into, you tapped into something. You tapped into my own humanity. My, because there is something common um, in, in all of us. We can, mm. we can feel the pain. We can feel, uh, we can empathize. Even if we've, we've um, allowed ourselves to uh, to dull that voice, it, it is there. It is it, that's that's what makes us spiritual and have the capacity to, um, you know, to acknowledge uh, the trauma in others. And and I yeah. feel like there are going to be people who are are going to listen to this and are going to relate, are going to be having all manner of emotions, just hearing you pour your heart out, hearing your voice break under the the duress of just just you know revealing you mentioned things on this on you know that even fighting negative thoughts um suicidal thoughts and and i just want to say that you know i affirm you even in this moment it's you know that i'm glad you felt safe enough to, to share some some of what you shared all of what you shared and and um and i you know you mentioned the organization because that was what i was gonna touch on next and yeah. you know the, the work that you're doing you know thank you for um your willingness to uh, to borrow a phrase from church to turn your you know uh the trial and your and your the tests of, of of the horrible experiences that you endured and using that experience and you know testifying in a sense you know and just saying you know what where i am now and the uh, the journey that i'm on it's it's still a journey of mm. of uh, of repair and 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 um you know, and just standing in the truth of who I am and just claiming my wholeness. You want to make that yeah. available to other young um, queer people from different backgrounds, including uh, Black and those who are identified by other ethnicities. Um, Do you know what the irony is, though, Berg? Mm. You look at Jesus, yeah, and when Jesus came, the, yeah. the social, political um, atmosphere of the time, mm. but he didn't fit the status quo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't fall in line with the religious institutions because mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And now these people are following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like once it becomes a status quo, fam, it's mm-hmm. no longer about spirit and heart and love and connection. It's not about that anymore. It's, beca- it's about mm-hmm. tradition. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Jesus mm-hmm. came to break down the tradition and mm-hmm. just love. So mm-hmm. but yeah. so long as I'm doing that, yeah. I, am, I am not concerned about a journey to hell at any point. Mm. Do you understand me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be if to be a Christian is to be like Christ, yeah. bruh. You and I, who the church have thrown away, mm-hmm. are walking more like Christ than some of the people in the pulpit every Sunday. Wow. I refuse to let these people tell me I'm going to hell. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, man, I just want to say I love you. And, I love you too, man. And your <laughs> you, the way you live your life inspires you've taught me so much you've you've humbled me i've learned i've learned to not be 
sort of assume just because I think I have a particular view and I think that's the right and the only way of viewing things, you know, that, that, that you know, that I should be like either dismissive to other people. I've learned so much. Um, you've, you, you've really stood out to me in my community, um, community space online as someone that I, I just, I'm, I, I quieten myself and I listen and I learn from so much of the way you, you just the way you show up in the world the way you embody yourself and and so i'm just grateful that you've come on today and shared your story and shared it so passionately so openly what i want to say is that this particular episode uh is is sponsored by uh you know is is well i would like to to uh to make a donation towards the work that you're doing in uh your organization so we can we can sort out the uh the logistics of that after this call i can just uh send send a, a financial uh contribution and, and I would encourage those listening to to consider that. I know these are crazy times, but if you've got, uh, you know, just um, if you can, just uh, even just hit up the website, hit them up on the social media. We'll put all the links to the uh, to the website. There's social media. Where else can we find um, you or your organisation? Um, you find me on every platform um, yeah. at I am Nick Dawes, mm-hmm. um, and then Real Quiz is at Real Quiz TV. Um, so yeah and and i'm here if if anyone wants to talk if if you know someone that's going through something and you feel like mm-hmm. they they could use someone to chat to you like i am i am here do you know what i mean yeah yeah so dm me i will respond um yeah we'll, we'll talk man this is what community is about absolutely well i think it's very clear um that you know there they're gonna be people who i think will um will want to reach out to somebody to get some encouragement and i will i just think it's important to say if anybody after hearing this is really struggling uh, with either anxiety difficult feelings emotions or you know thoughts of self-harm suicide please reach out to an appropriate um mental health uh, practitioner if um you know or your gp or whoever that you know you can get that kind of support uh but of course you can reach out to any of us as well if you just wanted to just share your heart listen love and light to to uh, everybody listening just uh be encouraged i know that you know it's been a heavier conversation but we need we need to be able to have these kinds of conversations in our community to move to move forwards yeah. and as nick has said this is not uh, an anti-christian post we have discussed uh the difficult aspects of christian uh practice and history as it relates to this group of people and the hope is that this conversation will inspire i, I would actually say i'd recommend that pastors you know listen to these kinds of conversations and have these internal dialogues within your ministries and figure out ways that how are you um you know r- relating to people who come from these backgrounds when they reach out to you and say i am quote unquote struggling you know what kind of environment do you facilitate and cultivate to to make it safe to make people from uh from the lgbt uh you know community to be able to feel like their humanity is not compromised or rejected because of your assumptions about what or you know how they should be or what so i think that's what i hope is the great takeaway message for those who are from the religious community and be willing to just reach out to people who you you may have sidelined or ignored or uh, you know rejected because of of your you know your 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 feeling of 
self-righteousness or whatever your assumptions of what you think should you know, should be the way that you should react to these people and, and, and show love all right but on that note thank you so much uh, nick for for just uh, your time today and as i said i'll it's be in touch pleasure. with you shortly all right man take care thank you for having me Please try to remember that what they believe as well as what they do and cause you to endure does not testify to your inferiority, but to their inhumanity. James Baldwin Any real change implies the breakup of the world as one has always known it, the loss of all that gave one an identity, the end of safety. James Baldwin Are you on the edge of your seat? Because I know I am. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Like and subscribe to the Yoel Amawale podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes or previous episodes. And I'd love to hear from you. Email us at hello at yoelomawale.com. Thank you.